Hello and welcome to Risk Talks. My name is Edward James. I'm the founding director of RCQ Associates, the risk, credit and quantitative specialists. Today, I, um, I'm keen to introduce Francesca Fraulo. She is an ex-director of Fitch at Fitch. She was an ex-managing director at Criff Ratings and she's the founder of Sustain Advisory. Hello, Francesca, how are you? I had um, time and thank you very much for having me. No, it's, it's been my pleasure. Um, look forward to talking today about um, sustainable investment, CSG and, and the racing space. Uh, so without further ado, um, how has the increase in ESG investments impacted the rating, the rating agency industry? Well, ESG investments are booming and, and so is the market for ESG data and data providers. Um, according to recent research by Morningstar, sustainability focused funds doubled in the past three years. Um, the counting at the end of the second quarter of 2020 reached 534 uh, ESG funds uh, with asset under management above uh, 250 billion US dollars. Um, the largest market remains Europe with three quarters of global assets. So indeed a big, big um, market. The surge in demand for sustainable investments in Europe uh, has accelerated um, very quickly over the last three years following the introduction by the European Commission of the uh, Sustainability Regulation um, and the adoption of the UN Sustainable Development 230 Agenda. As a result, uh, many policies have been introduced with the intention to clarify fiduciary duties and uh, increase transparency in the field of sustainability risks and uh, investment opportunities. Therefore, those policies are contributing to a reshape uh, and broaden the activity of some core financial service providers, especially credit rating agencies. ESG data and ESG data providers have been traditionally uh, provided by sustainability rating agencies uh, or dedicated ESG uh, uh, data providers. Today, with the advent of the sustainability uh, financial disclosure regulation, credit rating agencies are also required to include uh, and disclose in their analysis the impact of ESG rating factors on the creditworthiness of issuers. This regulatory provision is bringing uh, as affected the business model and the strategic focus for most credit rating agencies as far as competencies, products, um, research, and market coverage. So a big impact. Yeah, we've, we've, we've seen a really big change in, in both the ESG and the credit ratings approach to ESG. So yeah, it's been high profile and a really interesting area. So yeah, Francesca, in your, your opinion, how are credit rating agencies coping with the new ESG market paradigm? Well, the evolution of investors' demand for ESG uh, analytical content has driven a double-digit growth uh, for ESG uh, data market and has triggered a fast consolidation uh, of the market, but also um, has fostered the emergence of new uh, high-tech ESG data providers. The lion's shares of acquisition we all know uh, has been made by the large uh, credit rating agencies. So we've seen uh, um, S&P Global acquiring of Dickelson, Moody's acquiring by JRIs, Morningstar, the BRS taking over the uh, majority of Sustainalytics. Uh, 
this this is really a fast track strategy for credit rating agencies to cope with a, a surge in demand. However, um, this is not all, uh, and I think the expansion of uh, uh, analytical uh, teams and competences has not exhausted uh, the the task that uh, credit rating agencies needs to uh, complete. Uh, to keep up with the uh, investors' expectations. Uh, there's, a, there's a nice report called uh, Who Rates the Raters uh, by Sustainability. And the 2020 edition um, reveals that the investors uh, believe that rating agencies has, have a, a lot of work to do in this area, um, integrating ESG information in their methodology. Uh, they ask for improvement of comparability uh, consistency, uh, quality and disclosure, focus on materiality and linkage to financial performance. So indeed, it's not over from uh, rating agencies and they will continue to work hard uh, to um, improve the, uh, the offer in, the, in this uh, topic. Yeah, I think there's been some, um, some interesting sort of work and changes going on here. I'm certainly seeing from the, the certain big three credit rating agencies there seems to be a lot more talk about ESG topics and all of them have taken slightly different paths to where they are today. But yeah, I, I attended one of the um, Global Credit Outlooks um, meetings earlier this year before, uh, before COVID uh, prevented travel restrictions. Um, and I noticed there were quite a large number of um, investors in the room who were um, for one of the ESG talks. And I thought it was really interesting what, what they had to say but yeah, so in your opinion, how are investors uh, upgrading their analytical skill sets to cope with ESG investment challenges? Well, it's interesting because what emerged from this same survey I mentioned before is that investors seem to prefer to develop in-house uh, expertise to build more sophisticated and nuanced uh, ESG strategies. Therefore, ESG ratings are used primarily as benchmarks and one of the many metrics uh, used to build up uh, strategies. Is it worth saying though that the universe of sustainable funds is wide and um, strategies can vary a lot from uh, exclusion only, broad ESG or um, thematic. And these ones are specifically, uh, very, can be very much directed towards climate change or a social or any environmental topic. So it, it's, it's huge, the amount of data investors can require. And this is why what we see is that investors are moving towards a, a request for ESG raw data more than ESG ratings. Um, so kind of a shift in, in the uh, profitability also of sustainable rating agencies and data providers moving from the, the sale of ESG ratings, top line ratings, into the sale of, uh, of raw data. Um, making raw data an extremely uh, valuable uh, um, asset right now. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, we just have to look at the valuations of tech companies. Um, although I say that with a caveat, we look at the valuations of tech companies today, and someone might be viewing this in the future and they might have bombed, but um, <laughs> let's see. Um, but uh, yeah, it's really interesting seeing um, mergers, acquisitions within this sector. Um, so in your opinion, how will credit rating agencies, or sorry, will credit rating agencies replace 
um, the sustainable finance specific rating agencies or the ESG spot providers? Do you think there's going to be some replacement or changes or how do you see things? Um, sustainability rating agencies and trade rating agencies uh, have quite different roles and missions, uh, but also some intrinsic similarities. Uh, first of all, trade rating agencies are um, subject to regulatory supervision, uh, while the sustainability rating agencies are totally, today, totally unregulated uh, players. Uh, secondly, the basic information that uh, credit rating agencies uh, use are corporate financial statements, while underlying data for ESG uh, ratings are non-financial information uh, related to environment, social, and corporate governance measures. But the concept of sustainability is key for most of credit rating methodologies, uh, even though it's specifically tailored to financial performance and implication of a company's activities, rather than to its wider economic, social, and, uh, and environmental context. So going back to your question, uh, I don't see a case for replacement of these two players, but um, I see sustainability as an equation with uh, many multiple unknowns and therefore a strong rationale for the integration of complementary competencies and the opportunity for a uh, um, credit rating agency to expand their business model and especially to innovate uh, the way they, um, they use analytical tools. Um, and this is a point I, I really want to stress because um, the ESG data universe is vast, as we just said, and data are mostly managed with uh, technologically advanced applications like big data, um, artificial intelligence, machine learning. Um, trade rating agencies, uh, analytical toolkits um, have been changed truly little recently and only driven by compliance-based requirements. So I think it's time for credit rating agency to embrace technology and make it more relevant within the analytical uh, team skill set. So I think in this respect, integration with sustainability or ESG uh, data providers will be extremely beneficial for them. Thank you. So I, I noticed, um, I picked up on one thing that you said there, it's about innovation. So I, I know there's been there's been quite a lot of innovation within this, uh, this sector and world. And obviously it's, it's constantly changing in terms of how we approach these, these topics. And um, I've noticed there's a number of, or there's, there's some changing regulations going on. So can you talk me through um, how policies and regulations evolving and how would the racing industry be affected by this? Yep, uh, indeed. Um, regulation is pretty uh, key uh, here. Uh, the European supervisory authorities have been uh, recently introduced sustainability in their mandate as an integral part uh, to promote uh, integrity and stability of financial markets. So EBA, ESMA, EOPA, uh, the three European supervisory authorities uh, are indeed very keen in sustaining the renewed sustainability finance strategy. And in the, in the feedback they given in July, to the um, ongoing uh, consultation, uh, they, gave a, they gave out a very um, strict indication of, about what's going to be the future of ESG rating, because they believe that uh, uh, the role of ESG rating, benchmark, and A-collabors 
will be uh, subject to uh, EU level super, um, supervision. And therefore, the sustainability rating agency will be soon subject to some sort of regulation to ensure um, the uh, consistency and transparency of the methodology they apply. Um, I think there's a, uh, I would like to stress the difference uh, between sustainability regulation and financial regulation, because on the other end, I don't see still a change for the use of rating services in the EU financial regulation as far as the need for integration of ESG factors, because trade ratings used in the calculation of the capital requirement for credit institutions, according to the uh, prudential regulation for financial institution and insurance, will stay and will remain for a bit of time uh, risk-based creditworthiness. Uh, despite the expectation and lobbying uh, for the introduction of a green uh, discounting factor, which I'm sure you've heard in the many conferences you've attended, um, the prudential regulation, um, central banks and the prudential regulation will continue to support um, an evidence-based risk assessment. Um, and they will continue to do so in absence of over overwhelming evidence uh, supporting the correlation between sustainability and credit worthiness, um, their risk-based approach won't change for sure. Great. Um, and also, um, it's, there's, there's some really interesting answers there and, and points. Um, so uh, I've seen a few sort of trends moving. I guess we've talked about the high-profile nature of um, the ESG markets, but I'd be interested to know actually what trends um, have triggered the current interest in sustainable investment. So I guess, why now? Um, and also, if we're looking at it from a purely financial services industry perspective, um, what implications do you see for the financial services industry for, um, for this particular area? Yeah, I think uh, the task of addressing sustainability issues and primarily those affecting climate change um, is driving a, a major and secular uh, change that um, it won't be uh, imaginable without the global commitment and comprehensive coordinated effort of private sector, public sector, government, citizens. Um, this is why so uh, I'm so passionate about. Uh, it's not a task for a single industry, but the financial industry plays a significant role to meet sustainable, uh, sustainable development goals set by the UN in the 2030 agenda. Until a while ago, though, um, uh, I witnessed the proliferation of initiatives uh, without any coordination. What I see recently uh, is a greater effort to join and coordinate forces at all levels. Uh, therefore, I think consolidation will continue in the ESG space. Um, regulation and policies will continue to pursue a standardization effort and transparency efforts, which are so key for, for the financial sector. And I think in this respect, the um, huge effort put out with the um, drawing of a, a European taxonomy uh, is a testament to this, this path. Uh, but also the cooperation and partnership uh, between um, GRI and SASB, which are the two major global standard sectors for non-financial non standards, 
I think are really signing a path towards consolidation and a single effort of all parties involved. Um, so I think sustainability, uh, as far as the financial industry is concerned, uh, requires a different business mindset. Uh, inclusive, open to diversity, uh, transparent, cooperative, a different way of, of working um, and, and people, professional and organization that will embrace uh, this concept will be the ones succeeding in a new paradigm. Great. No, it's been lovely hearing about this. Um, and one other question I have for you, Francesca, is um, I know you founded um, Sustain Advisory. So um, first of all, congratulations on uh, taking the step into, um, in, into your company. And um, I'd just, just be quite interested to hear a little bit about the work you're doing at Sustain Advisory. Um, can you, um, uh, for, for someone who doesn't know too much on this side of things, so can you sort of talk me through um, what, what exactly you're doing and um, what Sustain Advisory does, please? Very, um, very, yes, um, I'm very happy to do so. Uh, Sustain Advisory is, uh, is a management, a management consulting providing ESG-related advisory services. Um, in like uh, ESG ratings, non-financial reporting, uh, but also we work with experts in various uh, areas of competence to develop topic-specific sustainability indicators uh, for thematic investment and investors. So very much not far away from what I just said about ESG data providers uh, in a much more <laughs> um, a limited space, uh, but uh, with big ambition. No, that's lovely. Well, it's, um, um, it's lovely to hear about this. It's also been really nice to hear your thoughts. Uh, it's been really insightful about just hearing about racing industry, ESG, sustainable finance. I know everyone's talking about it so much more. So, um, yeah, I'd just say, look, thank you so much for taking the time, Francesca. Um, I'll, if for anyone who's still got to this point, um, you'll be able to see Francesca's LinkedIn profile in the notes below. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much. Please do um, follow me on LinkedIn and for any other episodes of Risk Talks. And uh, again, thank you so much, Francesca. Thank you very much. That's been really kind of you. Yeah. Goodbye.